A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello, I'm Minnie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies New Year special. Woohoo! Woohoo! We're having a jolly time. It's lunchtime. Our husbands are looking after the children and we're drinking fizzy wine. Hurrah! That's right. While we sit in my kitchen quaffing carver, uh, my husband is at Gambardo's in Beckenham, the terrible soft play centre. He's basically in the eighth circle of hell. That's where he is. Yes. Well, we are working. Yes. (laughs) This is us doing our work. And... Because it's the Christmas holidays, it's a slightly unusual episode, this one, isn't it, Henry? It is. There's going to be a bit of us chat without guests. Yes. Yeah, we are going to have an interview uh, later on. An interview we recorded uh, a few weeks back at the Mumsnet Blogfest. Blogfest! Blogfest! Uh, with Polly Verlin, the columnist. Um, so, yeah, she's great. She talks about like her choice to have no kids and uh, her book, which is called... Is it Hot, hot Feminist or Hot, hot Feminism? Hot Feminism, I think. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's hot and it's about feminism. That yeah. much we, we can be sure of. In um, your face, cold so. <laughs> sexism. <laughs> so, uh, so before we get to all that, how was your Christmas, Helen? Did you have a nice Christmas? I had, I had a very thorny Christmas in that I had Christmas with my two brothers and their partners and kids, and we were in Surrey. Lovely oh. Surrey. And basically, we all ate our body weight in ham. Oh, delicious. It was very nice. And, uh, yeah, we had a lovely time. And basically, our kids are obsessed with Star Wars, so... Will and I and Father Christmas bought them everything to do with Star Wars. So we had our our, star, our Christmas was sort of had the soundtrack of <laughs> and ham. Did Will get you a vibrator? <laughs> yes, it's called the Shagasaurus. <laughs> Shaped like a lightsaber. Yeah, Robocock. <laughs> How about you, Gibson? Um, yeah, no, we had a lovely Christmas as well. We also went to see Star Wars, but Pete and I went on our own. We got the in-laws to babysit, so that was that was nice. It was sort of like a hot date, um, except it was like in the middle of the day and it was a children's film. But apart from that, no, we liked it. We liked the film and we had a lovely Christmas and it was all it was all very jolly. And much better than last Christmas, of course, when Joe was in hospital. So yeah. basically, any Christmas, like this Christmas would have had to work really hard to be worse than last Christmas. That's right. So. Nobody was in hospital yeah, yeah. and you weren't having to pump your boobs every three hours on a machine no I've got a child to do that for me yeah. now, so <laughs> on a higher frequency <laughs> so things are looking up that's so, yeah, right it was now, good. now you said all you wanted for Christmas was sleep did you get any do you know what it's picked up slightly it's mm. picked he's gone from waking up every hour to waking up every two to three hours which, dreamy yeah no but, but if you try and think back uh, to the days where you you had tiny babies that is that actually does feel like a victory that's how sad I've become that that's feels right. like a glorious day your eyes will wake up and you will see the clock move forward more than yeah oh, one it's amazing digit. yeah yeah it's so that is good that has been 
uh, nice, but yeah. No, you have a healthier glow, Ellie. You look. Oh, thanks. Yeah, again, my husband got me a vibrator. Uh... <laughs> so it's the 28th of December. It's nearly New Year's Eve. I know. What um, What will you be doing on the 31st, Ellie? Um, probably nothing. Yeah. Probably sitting right where I am now, drinking another bottle of this very cheap Carver. I would imagine. What about you? Yeah, I always like watching um, for the UK. Uh, listeners, I like watching a bit of Jules Holland. Oh, do you? Yeah, eating some chocolates and having some fizzy wine. Oh, I find him a bit annoying. I don't know why. Maybe it's his voice. There, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Mary Poppins. <laughs> we we uh, we live across the road from a hill in London, and usually at about quarter to midnight, you hear all the neighbours gathering to walk up One Tree Hill and look at the fireworks. Oh, and usually I cannot be asked. <laughs> <laughs> Getting off my bum to go up there, but I, I enjoy listening to the neighbours going up at quarter to twelve and coming back down at quarter past twelve. So that's probably what I'll do. Last year I was in Australia and it was so hot; it was like thirty-five degrees. And again, I just wanted to stay inside because it's too hot. Yeah, no, I don't know. Can't be having that. And that's why I'm not going to Australia for New Year's Eve. <laughs> I can tell you that much for nothing. <laughs> um, so have you got any New Year's resolutions? Yes, yes. I'm obviously, I'm a big thinker and I'm, mm. I'm very ambitious. So my, my, my goal for next year is to have a kitchen table that is free from plastic crap randomness that we don't have to like sweep our arms across the detritus just to have a meal. But I reckon about 50% clean is but but my aim yeah, for the year. That sounds good. And and to have a table that is free from fossilized Weetabix as well. <laughs> yeah. There's 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 times where I've looked at the table going, I think that Weetabix was from last month. <laughs> I think it was from the Jurassic era. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you can if you can pick out the, the fingerprints, they're actually smaller than the children's fingers are now. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can grade the table by the rings of Weetabix. So oh, that's what I was hoping for. And, and look, and the backstory is I just want a neater house. So I, I'm following the footsteps of Ellie Gibson and trying to chuck more shit out of my house. Yeah. And the euphoria you get from filling a bin bag full of crap. It makes me high. It makes yeah. me actually high. <laughs> better than being drunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Sure. <laughs> Mary, Mary Kondo has changed my life. She really has. So, yeah. What's your resolution then? Well, weirdly, it's sort of the opposite of what you've just said. So. Really? <laughs> You're going to spread your house in Weetabix? <laughs> well, what I've done is I've finished the condoing now. So, that, so for anyone who hasn't read this book, it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I think I've banged on about it before. And it's all about yep. basically checking out all your shit and only mm. keeping the things that spark joy. Right. Yeah, like wine and children occasionally, things like and- that. Comedy wives. Comedy wives. Exactly. I have not You're been going in, nowhere. <laughs> I have um, not been put in a bin bag yet, so I feel very uh, valued. Yeah. So I spent like a year sort of doing that and going through everything in my house and throwing out loads of shit, and it's very nearly done now. Mm. So basically, my plan for next year is to spend less time tidying and and sort of <laughs> feeling like I should be getting rid of stuff and, and tidying stuff up. She wants to be less of a weirdo next yeah, year. Yeah, that's the idea. That's the that's the plan. Yeah, because um, I've spoken to you throughout the year, obviously, and I go, what did you do today? She's like, well, I just spent a day in my room chucking out socks. Yeah, and, and genuinely being really happy and proud of myself. Like yeah. I, I don't dispute that, but I'm also glad that that... And the point of the Marie Kondo process is it's not like, you must spend five minutes a day for the rest of your life decluttering. The point is to do it once 
get it done and then you can just move on with your life in a tidier naturally tidier way that doesn't require as much upkeep so right. i'm hoping that that will that dream will become a reality mm. and uh yeah basically spend some more time with my kids be nice <laughs> <laughs> she's you still will fold your clothes like a weirdo though won't you oh yeah it's more practical yeah right it's also very satisfying okay yeah, yeah. not just, so not just like i have like a drawer of t-shirts and a drawer of socks for the kids and they just go in clean yeah but no? then they come out all wrinkly don't they and you yeah. can't find the red one if you need the red one and yeah yeah can't live like that mate it's barbaric um, <laughs> so do email me if you feel like my way is the right way we could have a little tidy yeah. off go we? ahead <laughs> i don't need anyone to email me because i know my way is the right way okay <laughs> Okay. Oh, right. So anyway, that's enough New Year's chat, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's let's move swiftly along to our interview. Off we go. Right now, I'd like to welcome to the podcast Polly Vernon. Hello, Polly. Hello. Hello. So, what have you been talking about at Mum's Net Blog Fest today? Well, today I was part of a sort of astonishingly starry panel, of which I was the least starry by far, and we were discussing creativity and motherhood, and I was the token woman without a child I think on the panel well, oh. in fact I absolutely categorically was <laughs> the woman without a child on the panel well, it makes a change from just being the token woman on the panel that's yeah. <laughs> does indeed make a change pretty novel so what was the what was the sort of main takeaway from the panel today do you think well I think we were mainly talking about that this is the main thrust of the conversation is whether or not uh, motherhood informs creativity and sort of powers it or whether it detracts and diminishes from it mm. um, and I think the main issue that we came away with was that it's the impact on time that mm. it has, um, sort of purely from a logistical perspective, and also um, the kind of issue of how much uh, a man may or may not contribute to that situation, may or may not help, and whether or not women collude with, with men in um, taking on the massive sort of burden of childcare. Mm. Um, and I obviously had absolutely nothing to contribute. No, that's not true. <laughs> I told you not to have kids. Because I, t- I, I talk and I have written for years. I've written and spoken for the point of view of I was incredibly clear when I was very young, when I was still a child myself, that I didn't want to be a mother. It just, I think I was seven the first time I thought with any sort of clarity. Went, Fuck that shit. Pretty much fuck that shit. Yeah, I teach you in Australian school. Kinda. My, I can remember that a neighbour had brought her very newborn baby round to our house, and everybody else, my mother and some other people, I don't know who they were. What were they doing in my house? I don't know. We're all cooing over this child, and I was like, oh, okay. And then the neighbour said, would you like to hold him or her? Who knows? And I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) And it was at that point I kind of went, oh, right, okay, this is clearly something some women want to do, but nothing that I want to do. And as I kind of got older, I felt more and more strongly about that. But what that meant really is that I had a sort of, I call it a ringside seat on on watching friends have babies, on watching how their lives are impacted and changed, and watching how their domestic arrangements sort of settled, which has been fascinating and terrifying in I think in the way that once you put two people in a domestic situation they will quite often take on these incredibly traditional roles Mm -hmm. and it seems like that it doesn't matter how sort of enlightened and feminist we are we think we are that just needs to happen and I'm in a long-term relationship I've lived with my partner for a long time and even though we don't have children even though he is 
infinitely more domestically inclined naturally than I am he's, he's a better cook he's a better cleaner mm. who takes oh. the bins out Polly who takes the bins out I take the bins oh, out oh shaking it up so, <laughs> in, yeah, so in some ways I suppose there is and I'm the main wage earner in some ways there are but in other ways I am the one who makes sure we have some kind of a social life mm. you know I'm the one who makes the phone calls I'm the one who buys birthday presents for his family members you know in, the, in, mm. in all those terms you kind of it's really hard not to not to embrace those roles and I think when you've got kids it's seems almost impossible yeah yeah no I think I heard you saying that in the panel about yeah you're the one who gets sends a Christmas card to his parents, to and, his I, parents. and I've done that and I've thought what what, what am I doing, doing? doing? <laughs> how what did I get here fuck? and also I take his dry cleaning because he refused like how, how? Mm. I am so undomesticated and so disinclined to all of that and yet I do mm. and you, I remember my mum's famous phrase oh just let me do it yeah. And it's that kind of attitude that yeah. we, it's an, it's, I don't know if it's instinctual, but it has been ingrained in it. Oh, just let me do it. It's all right. Oh, and there's well, a martyrish thing about yeah. it. One of the other panelists, Catherine, the blogger, was, that was talking about, there's a sort of almost a martyr quality that you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to do this again. Well, I get we should probably just, just let it go. Just go on strike. Well, this is it. I wonder if we do need to take some sort of ownership and some sort of responsibility for it, because there are certain jobs that I won't let my husband do, because he'll fuck them up. So, <laughs> like, you know what, like I mean? what? Um, like buying presents. Okay. Um, or yeah, yeah. like I'm because he think, just you know. won't yeah or because that's it or he'll buy shit presents so you never yeah. ever ask him to buy presents again yeah or he just won't do the job so yeah. so the, so I tried to introduce the rule where I would buy all the because we get we, we've got two kids and we get invited to a lot of birthday parties which means yeah. buying a lot of pop up pirates yeah. and stuff like that so the deal I made with him was I will buy all the birthday cards and the presents and choose them and make sure we have them on time your job is to wrap them and this is where the presents will be and okay. this is where the paper is and this is where the okay. tape is and after a few weeks just this huge pile of unwrapped <laughs> presents it's like a sort of shit Christmas yeah. just all these unwrapped presents just sit there and then I'm like oh I'll just do it on yeah. top of which you had to make those rules in the first place because yeah. if he were left to his own device but how like you know these we are all sort of perfectly normal adults why are we not in charge Polly this is what I on, on every level apart from obviously politics and big business women are making shit happen and then you get to actual um, major roles and women are underrepresented well they're too busy buying the birthday presents they're too busy with the pop up pirates yeah but also I do think we can kind of fall apart in terms of eternally judging each other and, and the sort of um, schisms and issues within kind of being a woman are difficult we don't seem mm. to be able to organise and mobilise in, right, yeah. in the right ways well have you seen The Apprentice I mean goodness <laughs> piss up in a brewery <laughs> um, but yeah do you, and do millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you feel that stigma as a woman who has chosen not to have children? Is there still a thing about that? Hell yeah. It's really... Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because I think because I have been so vocal because I started writing about not what, you know, I didn't want kids at seven, waited to change. Everybody was like, oh, you'll change, blah, blah, blah. I kept not changing. It became more and more kind of a, a sort of strong feeling. And then when I became a journalist, I started writing about it. And bloody, I mean, I have written some controversial stuff in my time, not entirely intentionally. It always surprises me when I kick off some bother. But one of the hugely controversial things that I've written about is not wanting kids. It was about the first piece ran in The Observer, where I was employed at the time, probably in the early 2000s, at a point when comment on newspapers was really happening. And that was one of the first times that I looked at the comments section and firstly went, ouch! Mm. But secondly went, whoa. I mean, there were just hundreds and hundreds of comments. And they were incredibly sort of polarised between people who were going, brilliant, thank you, and people who were going, oh my God, how dare you say this, and you'll change your mind, and you're stupid, you're wrong. Um, but um, which yeah. I just find bizarre this idea that people feel they've got the right to comment on your own decision and your life well I, yeah. uh, do you know what I think I thought about it a lot and I've carried on and people have got less kind of virulent with me because they get it you know mm. they understand that that's and, and because I argue hard back um, but what I think I do what you do when you say I don't want kids is you make it a choice and I think people, it is easy and more comfortable to think it's not a choice, it's something I try to do, maybe it works out for me, in which case brilliant, maybe it doesn't, in which case I'm sad, but it wasn't a choice. When you say, no, it is a choice, then that necessarily involves regret, because eat regret because you do have kids, or regret because you don't, you know, regrets about those lives that you didn't lead. And that's sad, scary and threatening. So I think... Having thought about it a lot, I think that's where people are coming from. And I totally get that. It is scary. You know, I can't, I'm, you know, I haven't had kids. I'm not going to have kids. And part of me is a bit like, oh, I wonder what it would have been like with kids, knowing it would have been the wrong choice for me. Absolutely. Being in that kind of incredibly luxurious position. I'm still in a culture that, that very much identifies women as mothers and isn't really sure about the ones who aren't. So that's difficult. But on top of that, you know, part of me is like, I'd probably been an alright mother. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think I'd have been entirely shit. And actually, I think my partner would have been a, a really good father. So, you know, there's a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of that is something I didn't do then. Mm-hmm. And that is, by definition, there's some regret and some sadness. But I'm, I think mothers maybe have that as well, you know. Totally, but that's mm-hmm. what I th- that's You're, not, you're not allowed to say, you know, nobody's ever allowed to say, oh, I wish I had no kids. Yeah. And I think that's because most people don't wish <laughs> they had. I mean, I, I, yeah. God, I sound like I'm saying that. I'm not saying that. But of course, there's a bit of you that, that thinks, I definitely made the right decision. I love my kids yeah. and I love my life. But, but I wonder. Is, yeah. But, that's, but that is exactly what I mean. When you say this is a choice, then everybody's wondering about the choice they made and that maybe they didn't realise was a choice, but in fact was. 
was. And, you know, motherhood is a choice, mm. largely. So when you've got someone going, I didn't want it, then part of you might think for the first time, oh, that was an option and yeah. I didn't. So Maybe I, I she's right! Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's where that, that sort of anger and tension comes from. Possibly. Mm. I don't know. Well, my, my dad said recently to me, I'm one of five children, mm. and he said, you know, if I had my time again, I'd have less kids. Okay. And, wow. and I'm going, would that mean me? I, that I was the fourth. Me? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, probably would have been you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he made himself pretty clear. Yeah. But I think, I think they just kept having kids. It was the 70s, yeah. and then... You know, kids turn into adults and then they turn into financial liabilities. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> and that's why you're sticking with two. Yeah, yes. that's exactly right. Your dad was like, just just hold on uh, to your two. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> good advice from yeah. my dad. <laughs> He's a breaker as well. It's nice yeah. to know that. I hope his congregation are listening. <laughs> that's all right. What? Uh, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Um, so also, Polly, you've got a book out at the moment. I have got right? a book out, yes. So I published in uh, March, so not March, May, uh, of this year a book called Hot Feminist which is out in paperback at the end of January so it'll be cheaper then um, which um, obviously it's called Hot Feminist I uh, wasn't unaware that it might cause a bit of bother I didn't expect the level of bother it did cause because mm. um, people were a bit cross weren't they a little bit cross yeah. I mean to be fair to me and my book people were either ecstatic or furious um, that's. I think that's a good sign of a book, though. Isn't sounds it? like a great sign of book. As a human being, I kind of went, "Stop it! Stop it! Go away!" Had, had a little cry for about three months, mm. just about feeling like I'm getting myself back together again. It's awful. It's an awful experience being at the centre of that amount of controversy. Because as I said earlier, I do. I have written controversial things, but you don't think I'm going to cause a load of bother. You go. Yeah. I think and believe this to be true. Mm. I think the world might be. I don't know, better or more amused or more enlightened or think about things slightly differently if I put it out there. You don't think, right, yeah. <laughs> come on then, you lot. Um, um, so for anyone who isn't aware of the controversy... And oh, yes, no, I, I'm always doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, won't, I promise yeah. I won't cry anymore. What, what, what was the issue that people seem to have with the book? Again, I don't really know. So what, what the book was about was my impure, politically incorrect, fundamentally shit brand of feminism, which I think is as legitimate as any kind of feminism out there. So it was about things like um, me being fascinated by fashion and obsessed by the way I look and not seeing for one moment why that should stop me also being really, really concerned about rape rates in this country. Um, it's also about my, my own personal experience of sexual violence. I wanted it to be a place where you could get both fashion tips and one woman's story about being attacked by a total stranger on a canal path in the same place at the same time, because that was sort of the point. You know, yeah. all these things can coexist within women because women are messy, we screw up. It was about your, it's a, about your right to fuck it up as a feminist completely, but still call yourself a feminist because you still want the basic thing, gender equality. So it was sort of all of those things wrapped up. Um, I wanted it to be very funny because I think feminism might be lacking some laughs. Um, that, I think, was one of the things that people objected to. I think they thought that I was taking feminism and gender equality too lightly. Um, but you I must be serious you about mu- feminism must be all the time. Yes, Don't you know that? Yes. I very much feel like I'm a person who doesn't take myself desperately seriously mm. and that... That that's yeah. that's fine. Again, doesn't mean I don't really, really want men and women to be paid equally. I do. I just think I'm a bit of a twat. Um, <laughs> I can't so I, what that's I, like. I think no. I think that was 
one of the issues I think uh, I, I talked a lot about. I talk about being, not minding being wolf whistled. Um, apart from those times when you turn around and it's not you, that I really mind. I mind not being wolf whistled. And when I wrote the book, uh, Everyday Sexism hadn't really sort of established its t- its sort of campaign against catcalling in the street. And that happened as my book came out. So I think that seemed like a direct yeah. attack. Which of course it wasn't. And I make it perfectly clear that I embrace women's experiences and that I understand women's experiences of life can be very different. Um, but that I personally... Um, make a distinction between being wolf whistled or not being wolf whistled and having somebody call me you know a slut or whatever mm. um so for all these reasons i guess it became intensely um it was difficult for some people mm. um all the grief i got was from women men didn't seem to mind um it's also very it's a very pro-men book actually because i don't think i don't think feminism need be a war between the genders i think i call it a diplomatic exercise you know there are things that need to be changed but i don't think we change them by beating up men and you know i care deeply about men some men are okay some men are fine i like some men i like i like do you know i like quite a lot of them i really like the handsome ones yeah or not or not on blanket but pretty much on blanket i'm just trying to think i can't None spring to mind at the moment, but I'm sure some of them are all right. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of them Mm -hmm. and do find generally that I hadn't quite a lot of time for the really handsome ones. I mean, part of my book, the part of the point of my book is there is a lot of concern about the sexual objectification of women. And in that, we're sort of losing a sense that women are also really sexually predatory and that we are sexual beings and that we are very, very good at making sex objects out of men. And I think we perhaps need to re-engage with that and find that sort of balance mm. you know sex is a game that we both play and we're mm. both in it um, and we don't need to we shouldn't lose sight of that so yeah for all these reasons I think it became incredibly problematic for some people I think an awful lot of the my sense from a lot of the criticism I got was you know I got an awful lot of people saying things like I'm almost tempted to read at Polyvan's book to see how <laughs> shit it is and you're like yeah, um, no, that might be a starting point for yeah, you. Yeah, I, lo- uh, I love it when you like when we get a comment on our articles. Sometimes it says, "I haven't read this article, but, but and you just think, well, I'm not. Yeah, I don't but, know how interested I am in your opinion about it. Then, yeah, yeah. you know, you might like it. <laughs> like, I don't know, but you might. But that, that culture of commenting and getting on a hate bandwagon is starting to get a little bit out of control. Oh, a little bit. I should. I, I I'm should, playing it, Polly. I, I should say yes. Nice, nice little yeah. understatement. Um, yeah. It is, and again, this is something I talk about in the book. Oh, the irony! I do, I, I do a self section called Non-Judgment Day, which is kind of calling for an end to that. Not just in feminism, in everything. I think motherhood is a particularly kind of judgy area, mm-hmm. um, commenty judgy area, and it's this sort of idea that we identify with something online and then we attack everything else that isn't entirely in our image, and that's so kind of incredibly bad for us it's incredibly bad for debate it's incredibly bad for sort of the end game if i'm assuming the end game is that people feel better people Mm. are happier um and it's incredibly destructive it's incredibly bad for the people who are being attacked and i'm thinking about me specifically but you know generally people and it's also incredibly bad for people doing the attacking the more you judge other people the more you feel judged it's a endless Mm. shitty cycle um yeah should we end by saying don't be yeah, that's yeah. Good. I mean, that's that's basically yeah. it. Also, yeah. that's also, what it makes books called. Isn't also, it? the yeah. con word, yeah. as I call the c word, is yeah. among my favourites. So I really appreciate. That's like you couldn't pay me a better tribute. I think that's a nice way to end the end the chat. Yes. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Polly Vernon. 
Oh, Polly Vernon. Oh. She was great, wasn't she? I love her. She loves swearing almost as much as I do. Excellent. So thank you very much, uh, Polly Vernon. Uh, now, it's almost the end of the episode because, frankly, it's Christmas, isn't it? We can't bother to do a long one. No, we've still got a bottle of carver to get through and our yeah. kids aren't around. So yeah. let's prioritise, uh, Ellie. <laughs> let's do Scummy Mummy Confessions. Hooray! Hooray! The Christmas edition. Yes. So my Christmas Scummy Mummy Confession, uh, apart from the fact I've basically started drinking at about noon every day for the last six days... <laughs> Um, is that uh, on Boxing Day, uh, we, we'd had a massive turkey, obviously, the day before. Boxing Day, stopped off to get some milk and bread and stuff in Sainsbury's on the way home. Happened to walk past the chiller cabinet and noticed that Taste the Difference turkeys were reduced from £54 to £14. I have never seen a discount on meat like it, Ellie. I know, it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, just 24 hours after cooking the last one, we bought another entire turkey and uh, just cook that as we speak there's turkey stock bubbling away on the stove because you cannot have too much turkey at this time no no (laughs) that's exactly right and uh and uh the funniest thing was ellie was so like she was gagging to tell me this news when i got (laughs) in to see her this morning to do this podcast she's like helen 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 we got cheap turkey 40 quid (laughs) off i'm like i know we did the same thing (laughs) was it in the same ranch of sainsbury's was it in forest hill it was that's hilarious We've probably touched the same turkey while rifling through them. That's right. The scummy mummies have (laughs) done their Boxing Day sweep of the cheap meats in South London. (laughs) (laughs) So I too ate Boxing Day turkey again. Oh, 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 it's the joy of joys. It's going to be Boxing Day for about three weeks in our houses. It really is. Absolutely. So is that your scummy mummy confession or have you got got another one? Oh, well, basically I I ate ham six meals in a row, Mm. which which was joy of joys. And I did do that thing, which I always loved doing is that standing at the fridge door oh, with yes. a knife just carving off bits of ham and having a little nibble oh lovely oh that was good but yeah no I had and the kids ate chocolate for breakfast of course yeah. as is the tradition on Christmas day uh, oh <laughs> and um, and my kid uh, Hugo who's four has been to see Star Wars and we were a bit unsure about whether the violence would have any impact on him um, and he punched his uncle in the nuts hey <laughs> whoosh <laughs> Which, no spoilers, but let's just say scene four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's a bit scummy, really. Yeah, Yeah. but I had a lovely Christmas. But it's been a good year, eh? Yeah, it's been a good year, and it's been a great year for Scummy Mummies. And thanks again, if you've listened to us, if you've shared our podcast with your friends, please keep doing that. Please write us a review on iTunes. Please, please. Please. Write us an email. We're at scummymummiespodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And we're going to keep blogging and podcasting and maybe even do a few shows next year, aren't we? We are. We're hoping to do a tour of London. We're also hoping to get on the telly. So oh, who well, knows? We're always hoping to get on the telly. <laughs> That's but right. It's like saying, we're also hoping to become Hollywood stars. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and fly to the moon. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to see us on telly, why not write to your local broadcaster? <laughs> So, um, hope you had a great Christmas. Hope you have a fantastic New Year and a fantastic 2016. Yep. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Bye bye! Bye! Thank you so much. Buy her book, it's amazing. Yeah, thank I, ha- you. I haven't read it. <laughs> you better. <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.